Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, June 26, 2023. On Broadway Radio is Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to do this, but I got a text I got a text message from my aunt on Friday. And I went ahead and booked tickets to St. Louis for next week. So I'm going to be going out to St. Louis to see chess at the Muni. Yeah. I wanted to, but I wasn't sure if I was going to do it just because I originally wasn't going to come up to New York with you in August, but I but I am going to now and I'm just kind of tired of being on the road. So I wasn't going to go yeah. to St. Louis, but my aunt asked if we were still doing it. So I kind of felt like I should and I want to. I, I love anytime you can see chess, I think is fun, especially with that cast. So. I'm going to I'm going to St. Louis next week um, to see chess, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and I, of course, will have full reports on all of that uh, here at Broadway Radio. But that's a bonkers cast. But what I think is crazy is that, like, I saw the concert that they did last year. I'm seeing this and then maybe we'll see a version on Broadway in the next year. I mean, Tim Rice has been talking a lot about that lately. So uh, I never would have thought I would have seen a production of chess let alone three productions of chess in the course of like a year, a year and a half. That's, you know what? Yes. I love that chess is getting love because I love any time that like something that's been kicked around forever about like, you know, uh, reviving or regional or any of that stuff. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like I'm like, play with it. Who cares? Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Like, and when I told my aunt about it, like I said, this is a, a show that has like maybe three, maybe four of possibly the best songs ever written for musical theater. And then like a bunch of other songs that seem just haphazardly thrown together and sound good, but like, I don't know if they're actually any good songs, but it's worth it for that. And especially with the cast that they have, the the principal cast is Jessica Vosk as Florence, uh, Jared Spector as Freddie, John Riddle as Sergeyevsky, and Taylor Louderman as... Oh, I forget uh, Anatoly's wife's name, but either way. Um, and then like Rodney Hicks is in there too. So like just a, a fantastic cast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So you'll hear about all of that here on Broadway Radio, especially if you head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Grace, unfortunately, we do have to start today's news with the very sad uh, information that we learned on Friday that I'm sure many of you have already heard about. They talked about it on This Week on Broadway. And that, of course, is the fact that the iconic Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award winning lyricist Sheldon Harnick died at the age of 99 on Friday. He, of course, was responsible for some of the greatest musicals ever written, won the Pulitzer Prize and really began his collaboration with Jerry Bach with 1959's Fiorello, also worked with Bach on the musicals Tenderloin, and then an incredible one-two punch in back-to-back years, She Loves Me and Fiddler on the Roof. Then he also did The Apple Tree with Bach and The Rothschilds, was also nominated uh, for a Tony Award in 1993 when he contributed English lyrics to Cyrano the Musical. Just an unbelievable creator. He has four different Tony Awards, one for Fiorello, two for Fiddler, and then in 2016, a special award for Lifetime Achievement and was nominated for many, many more, of course, again, won the Pulitzer Prize and then was given a special Drama Desk Award in 2016 when there were new productions of Fiddler, Rothschild and Sons, which was the, the an updated version of the Rothschilds, and then She Loves Me all in the same year. So many people from across the theatrical community were sharing their thoughts and their recollections of working with or knowing Sheldon Harnick, and he just seemed to be universally beloved as someone who was 
not only just a warm and giving collaborator, but a truly loving person and somebody who loved kind of working with younger people, whether they were young writers, lyricists, composers, whatever, but also the people who were in the shows that he had written. Uh, our good friend Alexandra Silber posted many, many things about having worked with Sheldon Harnick across many projects. She did Fiddler in London, did it on Broadway years later, and then he wrote the foreword for her book, after Anna Tevka, which is kind of a sequel to Fiddler on the Roof. So I know many people who knew him personally and then many people who loved his work were grieving over the weekend. But at the age of 99, what an incredible life he led, Grace. Yeah, I mean, the impact was is so huge. So I, I, I know there is a ripple and um, he is obviously incredibly remembered fondly. All right, let's move on to something that I feel is a little bit more upbeat. To be quite honest, the reviews for Once Upon a One More Time were actually probably better than I anticipated them being um, If I, because I was kind of guarding my heart about how bad they could be. Of course, Once Upon a One More Time officially opened on Thursday at the Marriott Marquis Theater. It is a musical that takes songs that were originally performed and recorded by Britney Spears from a massive cavalcade of songwriters and pairs them with a book by John Hartmere and um, turns them into kind of a revisionist fairy tale story, something that we have seen many times over the years, whether it is obviously Into the Woods or anything Disney related and um, even in a different respect, uh, and Juliet, which has Britney Spears music in it as well, Max Martin connection there, and kind of reconfigures a familiar story. This one is directed and choreographed by Keone and Mari Madrid, and has a scenic design by Anna Fleischel, who is a former Broadway radio guest, as uh, Keone and Mari are. The cast of this one is led by Brigitte Heelan as Cinderella and Justin Guarini as Prince Charming. Also includes Adam Godley as the narrator. Something I did not know, Grace, is that his partner is John Hartmere, who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. So that that makes a lot of sense. Also in the cast, my God, is Jennifer Samard. Ashley Chu is plays Sleeping Beauty. Brooke Dillman plays the OFG. Aisha Jackson is Snow White. Tessa Soltau is Bettany. And there are many, many other people. Uh, of course, our, one of our favorites, Ryan Steele, plays Prince Erudite and others. I do want to shout out also Morgan Whitley as Princess P. We're going to talk about her here in a minute as well. But I... I've not made it a secret, even though I haven't said it exactly here on Broadway Radio, but I absolutely loved this show. Uh, You and I sat next to each other the first time I went and saw it, Grace. Ashley went and saw it last week. She also loved it. We have talked about this show via text quite a bit, not as much as season two of The Bear, which she and I have been discussing nonstop since we started it last week. But uh, the reviews, uh, as the review aggregator site did they like it has collected they've collected 14 five of them were positive four were mixed and five were negative which if i'm being honest grace is probably a better distribution than i anticipated i thought maybe the cranky old critics would no one would get it and to be fair the ones that liked it a lot of them were the younger folks which makes sense but overall uh, they were better than I anticipated. So let's start with uh, Elizabeth Vincentelli, who did the review for the New York Times. She was mixed, which 
Giving what the uh, possibilities were from the New York Times, I will certainly take it. She said, quote, But this big, splashy show, which is quite entertaining at times, is hampered by a shambolic jumble of Sisterhood 101 messaging and defanged fantasy revisionism. She goes on to talk specifically about two of the performers really standing out. She said, quote, Two of the actors have embraced opposite ways of adjusting to this heightened reality. Samar delivers the single most original performance. She barely changes her expression, her face, face frozen in a heavily made-up mask of disdain, and her stepmother feels as if Moira rose from Schitt's Creek and Norma Desmond has spawned a villainess crooning a slowed-down toxic. Guarini, on the other hand, banks on expansiveness as a prince generously sharing his charms with a bevy of women. He displays a gift for slapstick, watch the way he elastically climbs onto a platform two stairs at a time, and spares no effort, whether in solo songs or leading big numbers. It is actually surprising that his character has so many songs while most of the princesses are reduced to extras without distinctive personalities. Snow White rises above the fray thanks to Jackson's humor, vocal chops, and high-energy charisma, and Whitley's tart delivery helps sell P's few lines. But Helen's Cinderella feels a bit bland. She goes on from there. I knew, Grace, that Brigahila and Cinderella was going to kind of be, is going to stick out for a lot of critics. She is by no means the best, most vocally talented person in this show. She has far more experience in television and in sitcoms. But especially after the second time I went back and saw the show, I really kind of fell for her charm. Uh, I think she has this incredibly down-to-earth way of portraying this character and while other people talked about maybe she had been uh, a pitchy at times, I didn't see that in the two times I saw it. And I, uh, while I certainly understand the fact that she does not live up to the vocal prowess of Aisha Jackson or even Justin Guarini, uh, I really enjoyed her. And I thought that she kind of gave a, a pretty grounded center to this show. Yeah, I I could not agree more that Justin Guarini and uh, Jen Samard are act one, act two, like, closers you know what i mean like they both yeah like bring such an exciting uh character turn i mean listen i've seen it four times <laughs> have you really I, I, yeah i i oh, always God. here's the thing i love seeing shows in preview process like if i can you know what i mean and um yeah. i know that generally speaking for our our abilities what we need to bring to this show you know today on broadway um that we need to be able to see the show in a more frozen state as a creative, obviously, I really enjoy watching the process of what gets kept, what gets cut, what I might want to do with those things. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. it was it was really exciting to see the the process there and the choreography. It's just it, it's it's some of my favorite choreography of the year. Um, I love Keone Amari Madrid. I love and what's interesting is a lot of people have um had comments about a lot of like hand motion what they felt was like unnecessary hand motion. I'm like, please feel free to YouTube um, tutting. Please feel free to YouTube. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's more than the, you know, the the three central like uh, choreography themes that you have seen before. Please expand your mind. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 really cool to see um a show have gone through so many periods. Um I I firmly believe that this show could be two hours, no intermish. I also could. know that people like to drink. And and get merch during intermission, and that's a big moneymaker for 
um, shows. So I, I understand when, when shows don't do that, but I do, I do feel strongly that it could have been, um, a little tighter, but I also feel like it's an amazing party and people can go and enjoy it. And I also think that Max Martin is having a damn year. Moulin Rouge and Juliet, uh, once upon a one more time. Yeah. He, you know what? The man knows how to make a hit. He does. And so does Britney Spears, because she now is in three shows on Broadway. All of those three shows that you just mentioned, um, many of them because of Max Martin collaboration. So um, I'll read a couple others here real quick. Uh, Brittany Samuel from Broadway News said, quote, I'm not exactly sure how this creative team conjured up so much charm. Perhaps a fairy godmother really was involved, but the result is a thoroughly enjoyable, relentlessly watchable and genuinely funny good time. My thoughts exactly. Um, Juan A. Ramirez from Theaterly said, quote, but once upon a one more time pays its truest homage to Britney, not by wringing its hands over how to make pop serious, but through its bouncy understanding of fierce fun with laser-sharp choreography. Don't overthink it, just intoxicate yourself. Now, in fairness, I will read some of the negative ones. Robert Hoffler from The Rap said, quote, What do you get by crossing six with Anne Juliet? No bad Cinderella was last season. Today, that matchup of two similar musicals gives you the slightly better Cinderella show, which has been torturously titled Once Upon a One More Time. I, okay, moving on. Um, the Let's go over to um, uh, Jackson McHenry, who, look, if you're writing for Vulture, have a little bit of whimsy. Like, I, I feel like Vulture needs to have some whimsy. But Jackson was negative, saying, quote, Given that Once Upon a One More Time follows those shows, the ones we just mentioned, uh, in this mini genre, not to mention their sparkly, belty, much better fairy godmother six, you might have reason to hope that it refines and improves upon the tropes. Instead, it's reductive and pandering, hitting all the expected marks without any unique spark. Obviously, I disagree. But if you want to read all of those reviews, we will have the Did They Like It review roundup in the show notes. And I do want to mention that something that has been a part of conversation around this show since the very beginning was how much has Britney Spears been involved with this? How much does she, you know, approve of this? On opening night, she actually did send out a um, a an Instagram message that said, quote, good luck to the hardworking cast and crew of Once Upon a One More Time on opening night tonight. I've seen the show and it's so funny, smart and brilliant. So I think we talked about the fact that early in the preview process, the production put out a thing saying that Brittany had approved and signed off of this post-conservatorship, but we really hadn't heard anything from her since. So I think that this can kind of put to rest any of the very warranted um, concern about whether or not this was something that was taking advantage of Britney's previous conservatorship state. And it is very clear that she is completely on board and supportive. And I think that that should alleviate some of the concern that, that many people genuinely had around the show. All right, let's move on to a bit of show and casting news. Last week, the Arena Stage uh, confirmed some of the principal cast that will be coming up to this season's production of Swept Away. It reunites the principals of the 2022 Berkeley Rep production. So we will see Tony winner John Gallagher Jr., along with Stark Sands, who is a Tony nominee, Adrian Blake, Insko, and Wayne Duvall reuniting in the show. Uh, it, of course, was written by uh, John Logan to music by the Avett Brothers, directed by Tony winner Michael Mayer. The show is currently scheduled to run from November 25th through December. 30th. Then the off-Broadway show The Gospel According to Heather extends one week at Theater 555. This is a fascinating new musical because we have not heard a lot about 
about it. But it does have a book, Music and Lyrics by Paul Gordon, who is somebody that I think a lot of people know. So the show is telling the story about a high school girl named Heather who just wants a boyfriend. But how can she navigate her way through high school if she might be the Messiah? And how Ohio, a small town in Ohio, grapples with the politics and religion and teen romance of that. But like this cast is great. Not only is Jeremy Kushner in it, but Katie Seagal is in this show, which is like, I don't know her to have done a musical ever, but she is a legitimately huge TV star. And we just haven't talked much about this one, Grace. So like, it's not currently set to be running while I'm in town. Uh, This extension takes it through July 16th. But like, I would be willing to go see basically anything to see Katie Seagal in a musical just to be able to have seen Katie Seagal in a musical. I think that's accurate. That's kind of crazy. I didn't realize that either. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. We talked about it before, but like no buzz about this. And maybe that's because it's still in previews and it hasn't had an official opening night yet. But like, uh, okay, like I'm all for this. Like this seems very interesting to me. And and the fact that it's extended seems to be a very good thing. All right. um, Coming up on July 8th will be the 25th annual Broadway Barks. Of course, this was originally co-founded by Bernadette Peters and the late great Mary Tyler Moore. As part of the milestone event, Peters will host with animal lover and satirist Randy Rainbow. Well, we can table that for now. But there will be a special appearance by Josh Groban. As always, this will return to Schubert Alley. And the event features adoptable animals from 24 New York City area adoption agencies and rescue groups with some of Broadway's biggest names who will lend their star power to help these animals find a loving home. If you want more information, uh, we will have links in the show notes. Broadway Barks will begin at 3 p.m., And uh, we'll go from there. All right. I want to highlight a few um, feel-good recommendations here. We have some performance videos from the uh, Playbill Pride event that happened in Times Square over the weekend. But as of recording time, I only have two. Mary-Kate Morrissey from Wicked saying Defying Gravity. I'm a big fan of hers. I saw her in the Mean Girls tour. She is fantastic. And I loved this performance because we've seen so many people sing Defying Gravity and also sing Defying Gravity at like concerts like this in Times Square. But she is giving me like full on acting everything. She's got a little bit of growl in her voice, which I I actually kind of like in Defying Gravity. So check that one out. And then recent Tony winner Jay Harrison G sings a song not from Some Like It Hot, but sings I Am What I Am, which is seems just uh, a, a perfect song uh, for this and and really enjoy this performance. Of course, the song is uh, the iconic anthem from Akaja Falls. And then also coming up uh, today, tonight on Monday, June 26th at the Minskoff Theater will be the 2023 Jimmy Awards. And we got video from a rehearsal of their opening number, which features so many songs. It's a medley, of course, from Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd, uh, New York, New York, and many, many more. So uh, we have all of those videos in the show notes, Grace. And, you know, whether it's the Playbill Pride uh, event in Times Square or the Jimmy Awards, this might be the slow time for big things happening on Broadway, although this summer is a bit of an outlier because of all the new shows opening. But there are still lots of really cool things to see and do in New York City during the summer months. Oh, 100%. I was actually there with um, Anne Juliet, uh, Funny Girl, and Parade, and New York, New York, and, oh gosh, A Beautiful Noise. 
um, on Friday. So that was my whole day. It was the Playboy Pride event. Um, and Jay Harrison G uh, did sing um, from Some Like It Hot for that performance. And then for a second performance, did I Am What I Am. So they were Great. Um, out there as well as Alex Newell. Um, but it was it was really lovely. Um, there were also remastered lyrics from Parade of the Old Red Hills of Home about um, LGBTQIA equality. And it's really stunning. If you go uh, to that performance as well, you can hear some new lyrics um, that hopefully JRB <laughs> said yes and. Um, but I do want to throw one last thing out. Last night, I was actually given an opportunity to see MCC and Playwrights Horizons um, kind of collab uh, showing of Wet Brain. Yeah. And this is now extended through July 2nd. I had no concept of what the show is going to be about. It just so happens to touch on a lot of themes that I care deeply about addiction, alcoholism, kind of like not knowing. It's a really fantastic work. I really feel strongly about this collaboration between uh, playwrights and MCC. I think it's awesome that they've been able to uh, kind of like co uh, produce this, this show. Um, also, when you look at the key art, after you see the show, it's like the most brilliant key art I've seen oh, cool. in a hot minute for a play. So um, I, I really, really appreciated this work. Uh, it's it's really great. And uh, John J. Caswell Jr. Um, really hits a lot of incredible notes. And the actors are fantastic. So please, please, please check that out. They've extended. Um, there's no reason not to go over to Playwrights. It's on 42nd Street. Hello. <laughs> also, not theater related, but it does have theater people in it. I binged the entire second season of The Bear in like two days and like a day, like over two days, a 24 ish hour period. My God, I I don't want to oversell it. Grace, I know you haven't watched it yet. I, I don't want to put too high of expectations on it, but it might be the best season of television I've ever seen. And I might be a prisoner of the moment and I might be being a little hyperbolic, but like I legitimately think that. And there are theater. You're connections. not. It's one of the greatest shows ever written. So no, you're not being hyperbolic. It's great. I Ayo Edabiri's uh, contribution to film and TV alone right now. Um, I can't wait. I also, to, to throw this out, because I want to do it on a longer show, um, to talk about Theater Camp with Noah yes. Calvin and uh, Ben Platt and A.O. Edaberry's performance in that is also fantastic. But I'll I'll, I'll save that for another time. <laughs> yeah. Ha have you seen it? Yes. OK, I got the screener. So I'm going to do an episode where we talk about it. So we all collab with you uh, offline. But also other theater people are in it. Of course, uh, Liza Colonzaia is most recently seen on between uh, on Broadway in between Riverside and Crazy. Molly Gordon, who I did not see in Alice on what was it? Uh, Alice by heart. Alice by heart. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like I didn't anticipate to like just fall in love with her in, you know, in this kind of recurring role in this season, but between those two and IO and uh, so many other people that don't have theater connections in there. And I got to tell you, there's an episode that focuses on uh, Evan Moss Bacharach in this, in this season. And it might be my favorite episode of television ever. So uh, just absolutely tremendous. So watch the bear it's on Hulu. Really, really great stuff. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. We will not have an episode of Today on Broadway tomorrow. Instead, we will have a special episode in which I talk with our dear friend Robbie Rizal about a, an incredible new single that he released over the weekend and also all of his upcoming cabaret work. He has a show that he directed at Joe's Pub coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday with Alexis Michelle of Drag Race fame and then his own show at Birdland coming up on, the on Thursday. Yes, and then other shows that he has planned for later this summer that he is directing so check out that episode it'll be in your feeds tomorrow we'll get back to today on broadway on wednesday so um you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broader radio and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at bww matt grace where can people find you 
You can find me at It's Grace Aki, but more importantly, it's Matt's birthday while you're listening to this, yeah. probably. So tell Matt happy birthday. Or don't. We can just ignore that. I can edit that out, right? No. Okay. No. All right. Also, Grace is doing an industry reading of To Free a Mockingbird. So also a very important day for her. And it's yeah. Ashley's it's Ashley's anniversary. So like we all three have major things going on on Monday, which is why we have this special episode with Robbie instead. But anyway, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week. And we'll be back technically to talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>